This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, folks, it's good to be back. Uh, Mike Francesa here on uh, what is the first of what I hope will be many podcasts. Uh, I'm back. I haven't done a whole lot the last couple of years. Matter of fact, I've done very little. A couple of interviews. I paid a couple of visits to Dog uh, once or twice. I said goodbye to a couple of fan people as they uh, left the station. But other than that, I did not do anything on the air really in the last couple of years. I haven't done any interviews. I haven't done any programs. I haven't done a a show or done any work at all. I did a couple of drop-ins on uh, key horse races for the Naira, but that was, you know, just a minute here, a minute there, you know, before the Belmont Stakes or before the Derby or something like that. But uh, it's been a while since I have uh, done a whole lot, but I'm glad to be back. And, you know, I stayed away from the podcast world for a long time. When I was getting ready to step away from fan in 17, a lot of these early podcast companies came after me very hard. And I was like, guys, I don't understand the concept. I don't understand where it's going. So I'm going to just step back and wait. Well, I stepped back and played golf and took it easy. Went back to fan for a little while and then stepped back again and You know, I just waited to see how this would play out. And recently, a bunch of companies have come after me during this crazy time where sports betting has become such a huge part of the fabric of broadcasting and really sports. I mean, we all see how it has changed everything and will continue to change everything. I hope for the good. I think there are some things people have to watch. We've already seen one with a player. We're going to see more with that. But for the most part, it can be a positive because it just brings interest to people if they keep it under control, which you have to do with anything in life. Hey, I don't care if it's, you know, whatever enjoyment you might have in life, you have to keep a balance Too much of anything is too much. That's it. You have to have a balance in life, and that goes for wagering on sports or uh, imbibing or uh, investing or eating or anything else you might think about. So, you know, that's that's just part of life. You know, you have to maintain some balance and be able to control things. Anything that's out of control is a negative, and that would obviously be the case when it it comes to uh, sports wagering. But for the most part, I think, hey, it was happening anyway. 
So it's just been brought into the light now. It's something I never thought I'd see the way it happened. I didn't expect it. It was a court case that changed the world quite unexpectedly. But now what we have is it's out in the open everywhere and it's there for anybody to partake in on just about any level. I mean, you can get a wager on just about anything you want now uh, at any time you want. So it is a whole new world. So a couple of these companies, once New York got on board and there were companies competing as they are for your attention and for your wagering dollar in New York. And a bunch of them came and asked me if I would like to get involved. So the folks at uh, Bet Rivers, that's their name in New York. Their name is uh, Play Sugar House in New Jersey and Connecticut. Okay. They uh, came and talked to me about doing a couple of podcasts and doing a couple other things, like you might hear me voice commercial on the radio for them or do an appearance here or there sometime in the next year is a possibility too. But for the most part, what I'm going to be doing is uh, a couple of podcasts a week, no heavy lifting. It's not like I'm going to be back doing what I used to do, which was, you know, 35 hours of broadcasting a week for over 30 years. Uh, I'm talking about a couple hours here. I mean, I don't want to get away from my golf game. I just about have it to where it's acceptable. So I don't want to mess it up now. So I finally have it at at least a reasonably acceptable level, and I want to try and keep it there. But what I'm going to do is a couple of podcasts a week. One will be whatever we're talking about that week, whatever the story of the week is. This week, obviously, it's the final four. You'll hear from my very good friend Jay Wright in a couple of minutes as he takes Villanova to a, another Final Four, the third in six years, and tries to win a third championship. He'll join us in just a couple of minutes. Uh, I'm going to do, during the baseball season, a weekly podcast with Bobby Valentine. I always found Bobby to be fascinating when it came to baseball. I always enjoyed talking to him because there's nothing you can't ask him, and there's nothing that he doesn't have an opinion on. Now, Bobby and I sometimes fought like cats and dogs. We didn't always get along. But once we got past that, and we finally did, we did many good interviews together. And I always enjoyed talking to him. I always thought that two guys that you could talk about baseball with on any level, you could talk old time, you could talk now, you could talk futuristic, you could talk rule changes, you could talk anything you want to talk. Any level, players, management, Rules, umpires, broadcasts, you could do anything, were Bobby and Buck Showalter. Now, Buck's back, too. He's not going to be behind a microphone this year. He's going to be back in the dugout, which I think is a good thing for everybody. I'm fascinated to watch Buck manage. I'm glad he's managing in our town. It's going to make it a lot of fun. Uh, I know he wanted to be back. I think some guys are just made or born to manage. I think Buck's one of those guys. So Bobby's another one of those guys, but he's already managed a whole lot. And now he's part of the Bet Rivers group. So he and I are going to do during the baseball season a podcast together where we'll 
you know, talk about anything in baseball, anything that's going on, predictions, games, players. But, but obviously we'll spend a lot of time on the Yankees and the Mets. We'll talk about everything that's going on in baseball, and we'll do that once a week. And then in the football season, I'll do a football Friday one where we'll spend the hour on the week ahead in the NFL, which I have always done my whole life and is second nature to me. So we will do that during the football season and we will structure that in a, you know, a very quick paced and informative way. We'll bring different people in. They have a whole bunch I can choose from. I'll add different ones that uh, I want to bring along. We'll have reporters. We'll have people with the team. So that'll be, what we've always done in terms of a presentation. And then I will always have the freelance hour to do whatever comes up. Now, this is a great time of year. It's always the best time of year. My favorite month of the year is always May because it was always the harbinger of things to come. The weather turns. You're not in the summer yet, so it's not like it's already run away from you. You're thinking about all the great things that come. You get outside, you get to the beach, you get to the golf course. Racing comes back at beautiful Belmont Park. Then you have Saratoga. You have the Kentucky Derby. I mean, look what's coming up just in the next couple of weeks. This week we have an incredible Final Four. It's been a great tournament. You know, you had two storylines that were able to – there's always storylines in every NCAA tournament. And I've been around the NCAA tournament since 1982. That's a long time. I follow it religiously. I watch every game. I rarely miss a game. I have my favorite team. Now, everyone knows Villanova's been my team for years and years. I picked them again this year. I have a habit of picking Villanova. But you know why? Because they're always good. And they always have a chance. And I thought they had a really good chance this year. Before the tournament started, they were 25 to 1, so they had a great chance. Now, without more, it's going to be a tall order. It was going to be a tough group to go through anyway. No question. These games were going to be very, very competitive. They will be very competitive. Kansas belongs. I'm surprised Carolina's there. I didn't watch Carolina a lot this year. When I saw Carolina, they got embarrassed a couple of times this year. They looked like they didn't have any clue how to play. They didn't look like they wanted to play defense at all. And then look, what happens is you get in this tournament and things change. And all of a sudden you look and say, wow, this guy's a pro. This guy's a pro. This guy's a pro. This guy's playing great. This guy's making every shot. This guy's getting every rebound. And that's what you see from the guys on uh, Carolina who finally just put the hammer down on the Cinderella of Cinderella's with St. Peter's. St. Peter's was a great story. You know, anytime you get a 15, now 16s we know rarely make runs. doesn't happen. But we've had a couple of 15s make runs, but never won three deep. And because the way they won, because the way the first game unfolded against Kentucky and then the way the games unfolded after that, the way the coach carried himself, the storyline of where they come from and who they are became such a incredible, I mean, it was unbelievable. I had people who 
didn't know the NCAA tournament from the Easter parade asking me about St. Peter's. I had people saying, oh, I'm going to watch St. Peter's. They haven't watched a college basketball game in 15 years. They wanted to watch St. Peter's. Everybody wanted to watch St. Peter's. And that gave you a storyline the likes of which we haven't had in a long time in the NCAA tournament. And then on top of that, you had Coach K and where that Duke team was going to go. And that team hadn't been doing a great job down the stretch. It hadn't looked good. It didn't look good in its last game at, at, at home against Carolina, which really sprung Carolina. It didn't look great in the tournament, ACC tournament. And then in the Texas Tech game, those kids grew up. And that's what happens in this tournament. Teams, players just respond. They get it done in the big spots. Texas Tech was about to take them out. And all of a sudden, the Duke kids said, "Uh uh-uh. This is who we are. And they showed up, and they were unbelievable against, I thought, Houston and Texas Tech, I thought, were the best defensive teams in the tournament. And Texas Tech could not stop Duke in the second half. Duke shot 71%. I saw a lot of places where people said, Coach K went to the zone and that foiled Texas Tech and they weren't ready for it. First of all, they saw zone against Notre Dame the game before and played terrible against it, which kept Notre Dame in the game against Texas Tech. I didn't think Notre Dame would be in the game against Texas Tech. And Texas Tech wound up winning the game by six points. But they had a lot of trouble with what was a lousy Notre Dame zone because Notre Dame is an offensive team and not a defensive team. The zone didn't beat Texas Tech. Texas Tech scored the ball enough to win. What they couldn't do is Texas Tech doesn't have people shoot 50% against them, no less shoot 71% in the second half. And their big kids stepped up, and then Roach, who's been an up-and-down player for them, stepped up and made every shot in the last couple of minutes of that game. And they survived. Just like Carolina. I mean, it looked like UCLA had them. And then they stepped up and made two bombs, which turned the game around. And then they got out quick and had way too much size. I mean, listen, they finally... St. Peter's finally didn't get out fast, didn't get a team off its game, and, you know, really had no answers. I mean, if you know anything about basketball, you knew five minutes into the St. Peter's game that that game was long over. I mean, at back, I got every, every rebound. He wound up with 22 rebounds. I mean, when do you see kids with 20 points and 22 rebounds? Love could do whatever he wanted, and he killed UCLA in the final seconds. And he takes some bad shots, but he takes a lot of shots that go in, too. And he takes some bombs. And, you know, you got a guy like Manic who, if he hadn't fouled out in the Baylor game, Baylor never would have made that incredible comeback. And Carolina, the three they hit to start overtime against Baylor is the reason they're here. Because they blew a 25-point lead. They went to overtime. They hit the first shot in overtime. And Baylor missed, and that was the difference. But that Manic, if he hadn't gotten thrown out of that game, Baylor never comes back. He was, with his size and his game, just unstoppable. 
St. Peter's had no no way to even play him. He coasted the 19 and 8. He could have had 30 and 20 last night if he wanted to. And Carolina with Backett and with Maddock and with Love playing the way they are. And even Davis. They're a different team right now. Duke's a different team right now. And that's what happens. You know, these teams, they grow up. They change. They all of a sudden, you know, you've seen him with Samuels for Villanova. He stepped up. He had to get better and do more. He did more. When Duke needed it, they got it from Banchero. I mean, he, listen, that kid has exquisite skills. Everybody always knew that. But he finally stepped up when he had to in the Texas Tech game. And they just outclassed Arkansas. And, you know, they have, I mean, they have size. I mean, Duke has size. And if the guards play at all, if they keep the guards under control and they make shots, you know, if Griffin and Roach make shots for them, they are going to be very, very hard to deal with because they have size and they have talent. You know that. So Carolina and Duke is a classic. I mean, Duke deserves to be favored, but that game's not going to be an easy game. Kansas deserves to be favored. I did not understand Miami. Miami was up six, but I thought it was fool's gold at the half. Because Kansas couldn't make a free throw, couldn't hit a jump shot, and that wasn't going to continue the whole game. And you don't want to try and run with Kansas because if you try and run with Kansas, you're going home. I don't care. If you try to run with them, you are going – you can't run with them for 40 minutes. If you try, you're going home. And Miami tried. And Moore sat on the bench a lot in the first half for Miami with foul trouble and came in in the second half and threw the ball around like it was, you know, a, a, a live hand grenade. I mean, it was just ridiculous how badly he played. And those turnovers to start the second half just killed them. You know, McGusty kept him in the game with his jump shots in the first half. He made a lot of jump shots. And from odd angles and with people hanging on him and stuff like that. But Moore had a nightmare. You know, he was frustrated. He was frustrated he was not off the floor in the first half. He never got his game going offensively. And then he turned the ball over. And then they got those runouts. And you never. the next thing you know, you know, it's 17-5 to five in the second half, and Kansas is gone. Kansas is six down now. They're eight up, and the game's over. You cannot run with them. Villanova would never, ever, ever try. So you have classic Final Four. You have Kansas and Nova. Yes, Moore is a, is a big loss. There's, there's no way around it. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Duke is a six-man team. I mean, uh, Villanova is a six-man team. Daniels and the five starters, and Daniels is a guy who's not shy. I mean, you know, he's not shy. He took 16 shots. He has more shots than anybody on the team in the last game. But Moore was the guy who covered the best guy on the other team. He or Gillespie was always on the floor the entire year. One was always on the floor. Now, in the Houston game, they let Samuels carry, handle the ball a little more. He did a nice job. He did a good job against the Houston defense. No one else really did. 
some of the guys were over over uh, matched with Houston's prowess on defense, their size, their physicality, their quickness, all that. I mean, I think there was a note that nine teams won a basketball game in college in Division One this year when they shot under thirty percent and won the game. Villanova did that in a Elite Eight game. They shot under 30% and won the game. But a couple of things. Number one, they held the other team to 29%. Number two, they went 15 for 15 from the foul line. And Houston missed key free throws and went one for 20 from three. Give Villanova credit for a lot of that. They beat Villanova was playing really well. Villanova had trailed very few times in that tournament. And they were underdog to Houston, and they deserved to be. That's how well Houston was playing. Houston was playing probably as well or better than anybody in the tournament. And Villanova beat them. And I think Villanova with more would have won. Now, I think they have a chance. But they are going to need somebody to give them a couple of minutes somewhere because either somebody's gonna you know they're gonna have five players now with Daniels going in the starting lineup you're gonna have Samuels and Daniels and Gillespie and Dixon and Slater and that's it and then you're gonna have someone who has played very little you know Archie's gonna go in there and play a couple of minutes maybe Antoine goes in and plays a couple of minutes but they're going to play with five guys, which means you can't get in foul trouble, and you've got to control a pace to have a chance. But we have two great games, and obviously the story of Coach K, who I can talk about forever. I mean, I've known him since he was the head coach at West Point. Before he went to Duke. We go back a long way, as do so many people in college basketball. Go back a long way with him. He has had as good a career as anybody has ever had. There might be an equal in college basketball, but nobody's better than the career that Shashevsky's had. It would be impossible to have a better career. It's been an amazing, amazing run. And when you throw in the Olympics and everything else that he's done, the way he's handled himself, uh, the way he has been viewed nationally, in basketball internationally, I mean, he is an irreplaceable, historic basketball figure, as big as any Right with the legends, whoever you want to put there, he's there. That's how big he is. And as I said, it's you, you have the Final Four, then you're right into the Masters. you got opening day coming in baseball. You have the draft not far away, and it's a very big one for the Jets and Giants. You have playoffs coming in the winter sports. You got the Kentucky Derby. You got good weather coming. 
It's a wonderful time of year. That's a good time to be back talking about sports because there's a lot going on. Hey, October and May are on a different level. There's two months that are just jam-packed. October's one and the other's May. There's so much going on. April and May are unbelievable. And this year, baseball's backed up a little. Not much, obviously, April 7th. You have the Masters. All right. No Tiger, no Phil, but still, you got a lot of players who can win. You don't have a guy who transcends the sport like those guys did or like an Arnie or Jack did, but you still got a lot of good players. A lot of guys who can win it. And the Masters, hey, it's going to be great no matter who's in it. I mean, that's just the way it is. The tournament's the story. The venue is the story. So we're going to be back doing a couple of podcasts a week. We're we're glad to do it. We'll talk more about uh, the folks we teamed up with. We'll get it all rolling right after this. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, first let me welcome in the uh, newest Hall of Famer. uh, And, of course, I'm talking about Jay Wright, who has uh, just done an unbelievable job again with Villanova and has, uh, in my mind, been the dominant coach in America for the last decade. Jay, welcome. How are you? Mike, good to talk to you, buddy. How you doing? Pleasure. Congratulations. Three final four trips in the last six years. I mean, uh, remarkable what you've been able to do over the last eight years. 234 wins against 47 losses. I mean, uh, you have become one of those bluest of blue bloods, along with Duke and Kansas and Carolina, who you will see in New Orleans. And uh, let's start with a little bit of bad news, though, because one of your terrific players isn't going to be able to make it right with Justin Moore now is down for the, for the final four. Yeah, Mike, he, he had, uh, his surgery, um, you know, Monday morning today, this morning. Um, and, uh, he, he we're, we're, we're trying to work to just at least get him down there for Saturday. But, you know, one of the things during the season, Mike, he, we knew he is our most valuable player. Like he plays, he can guard the one spot through the five spot. He plays the point to get Colin off the ball, Colin Gillespie off the ball. He plays the point when he Colin arrest. He's our second leading scorer at the two guards. But he does everything for us. And I've kind of felt like during the year it's gone, it's gone unnoticed, but I didn't care about it. And he didn't care because we're playing and he's playing. But now that he's not playing, I kind of feel like a responsibility to let everybody know how great this kid is. And, and the NBA guys know um, – but I also, in the same sense, know that we, we can overcome it. We, you know, we've got guys that can step up, but um, I feel like he's been underrated all year. It's just really uh, I think anyone who knows, I mean, you rarely, if ever, had Gillespie and Moore off the court at the same time. I mean, one was always on the court, and, and, and that was imperative to the way you played. You're really playing with six guys. Now that you have to move, obviously, uh, to just add someone, I mean, is it Archie? Can you use Antoine? Who's going to be the guy, or can you use more than one guy to give you a couple of minutes? Absolutely right about that, Mike. We we never, ever did not have either Justin or Colin on the floor, ever. It would I would never allow that to happen. Um, and, and so now, you know, we're going to have to get every second we can out of Colin 
we'll, we'll have to use Archie, uh, Chris Archie Jackson a little bit to give him a blow if we do, but also sometimes to get him off the ball. Caleb Daniels now will become a starter and you know, really take on more of a scorer's role, which he would have done next year. I think he's ready for Hey, he's not shy. Uh, he's taken a lot of shots in the tournament. He hasn't been shy, that's for sure. No, he, he's got that mentality to where he has no fear, man. And, and he's going to shoot him up and sleep in the streets. That's our... That's our motto, but he, he came in with that motto. Hey, you he know what? Yeah, he played free. fearlessly, and he took the ball to the basket. He did great things. The other thing you did that really was key was you let Samuel handle the ball, and he did a terrific job when you made him a guy who was became a ball handler at times. I, I was, you know, you watch a film of Houston, and you can see their physicality. You knew their ability to get into their guards, but until we got on the court with them and I saw the size and the girth of the kid Sheed and the kid Edwards, the two guards that were going to be defending Justin Moore and Colin Gillespie until I really saw that in game action. And it hit me like, bam, like these guys are even more physical and than I thought. No, they're a great defensive team. And I'll tell you this, oh. I think you beat, and I know a lot of people uh, agree with me. You beat the team that was playing better than anybody in the country when you played them. They were playing that well. I mean, they had. I mean, they dismissed good teams in this tournament. They, they offensive rebounds, which you kept them off the glass the entire first half, not the second, but the entire first half. They shoot one for twenty because you played great defense. They shoot one for twenty from three after being able to make threes during the tournament. You knew they weren't great on the foul line, and that, of course, your incredible strength going 15 for 15 in that game. And that is a remarkable thing. This team is going to break an all-time record at the foul line, the number one foul shooting team in the history of college basketball. It's not coincidence. There's got to be something that you either instill or something that you have that people should flock to practice to find out what it is that you do that allows these guys throughout the entire lineup to make free throws. It, it is something that's really important to us, Mike. And what's really interesting is we we have a, a, a system, a, a, a program of how we address free throw shooting and and it starts in, in the summer when you get here and it goes all the way through the year. We do the same thing every year. And what, what I didn't think about this, but, you know, as people start asking me, like you asked me, it's forced me to think about it. But the re, we've always been that like we've had other years where we've been the number one free throw shooting team in the country. And, and it's always helped us. And one of the things we always do is not talk about it, which I'm doing right now because right. everyone's better talking about. Second thing is we have all older guys who have been in the program for four, five years that have been through this free throw shooting system for a number of years. Like we don't, we don't have a freshman that's only been through it and could revert us back to the mean, you know, we, everybody has been in the system for a long time. And I think that's what's put us in this position to be a great 
Well, you know, I, I made the point the other day that you develop players better than anybody in college basketball because your players play a certain way. I mean, that's it. They all play the same way. They all have the same ability to do certain things with the ball, to guard certain people. You can switch everything. Your guys can all pass the ball. Your guys can all shoot the ball. Your guys can all make free throws. And they all obviously love to use all the different fakes and jab steps and stuff that they're able to use all the time, which drives people crazy. It must have been 10 times where Kelvin Sampson was like, stop going for the fake. I mean, he was <laughs> time after time. But everybody says that, but nobody ever does against your players. Now that we're in this different world, and I gather you'll join this world where they're ushering players all over the country are you going to be able to have as much time developing players or the portal? Will that change things for you? You know, that's the challenge for Villanova basketball going forward. What, how do we maintain what the program is built on where players come here? And just as you said, you know, we, we teach all the players the same things. We say we talk to them about that in recruiting. Um, they choose to come here and allow us to to do that. Allow us to change their games. What what's going to happen going forward? Do we have to get involved in this portal where you get a guy for one year? Well, you're not changing that guy. Like we have, we don't take a lot of transfers for that reason. Like Caleb Daniels is a transfer. He is just coming into his own now. Because it's different when you come in as a high school player and you don't really have any habits. As opposed to you come in as a transfer, you have certain habits. They have to be changed. Then ours have to be implemented. It takes time. How are we going to handle that going forward? I don't know, Mike. I, I really don't. We're going to, at the end of every spring now, it's free agency. So we, when we finish, what happens? How many guys leave? Do we have to replace these guys? I, I don't know. This is going to be a really important spring for us. We're talking with Jay Wright. Hall of Famer, Jay Wright, who has become one of the great coaches in America. I mean, you have Bill Self at the Final Four this year, again with Kansas. You have Mike Krzyzewski, who's going to have the story right through the final game. The Probably the greatest coach in modern basketball history. Maybe the greatest coach in college basketball history who will be finishing his brilliant career. But Jay's career, from being an assistant in, at Nova to Hofstra, where he did a great job, to now building a dynasty at Nova. This is the third Final Four in six years. They've won two championships. One was a nail-biter. One they completely just wiped away people as dominantly as any team has ever done in the NCAA tournament. And now this team, back in the Final Four, I think I think you would have won it with more. I think you can probably still win it without him. It's not going to be as easy because you talked about him, especially – everything he does. Uh, and, you know, Jay, in this Houston game, which I, I think people have to realize this team, how good they were and how well they were playing and how tough that game was, 42-40. Here they come finally. They haven't hit a lot of shots. Here they come. You call a timeout with five minutes left. I thought it was the biggest basket of the game. You come out of that timeout, and Gillespie makes the only bucket he made the entire game off, didn't give up the ball, made sure he was going to take that shot. In the huddle there, did you want him to take that shot coming out, which I thought was the biggest basket of the game, which put you up 44-40? Or 
Uh, it's, a, it's a great point, Mike. No, I, I shouldn't say no. That was not the plan. It was a, it was a, a two-man game with him and, and uh, Jermaine Samuels. And normally, when we do that, normally, the two of them have a choice. You got you got Samuels matched up on a, a point guard, and, and you got a Colin matched up on a five-man. And normally during the season, you ha- they have the choice. You know, wh- which mismatch do we take? But in that huddle, I said to him, "Let's try to get, let's try to get your main on the mismatch." And of course, he rolls and he waves them off and he isos the big guy. So that's the beauty of the great ones. An know, enormous like basket. He knew you needed that basket. He exactly. made the basket. It had been tough getting looks against that brilliant defensive team. Uh, you know, the, the tournament, you see guys step up. Okay. You've seen it with the Duke kids. They stepped up. They hadn't stepped up all year. They stepped up in the Texas tech game when they were in trouble. And now they're a different team. I see that with Samuels, with you guys, the last couple of games, he's taken his game to a, another level, uh, uh, even a more complete level. The last two games. Yeah, you're right. I, and, and you're right about that work. If a, I, I tell our guys this all the time, like I, I, I just don't believe in someone else giving you confidence. Like if you're relying on the coach to give you confidence, you know, the coach got to have confidence in me. Um, he coach doesn't have confidence. If, if you're relying on someone else, then you're not the guy. If you, you got to do it, you got to believe in yourself. You got to do it. You got to do it in a big moment. On it, that's where confidence comes, and that's exactly what you're referring to with the Duke kids. You're exactly right, and you know, like a Bonchero, what do you? Yeah, he has been a play? different player uh, from the. He and Roach just took over the game against Texas Tech, which is another tough defensive team. Texas Tech was in control of that game, and those kids willed it down the stretch of that of that second half. Shot seventy one percent against Texas Tech in the second half. They were a different team than they'd been all year. Completely different. I mean, you just saw them step up. You're right, and and if you know he hasn't been an NCAA tournament, so if you can tell him all you want, you're good enough to do it. But until he's done it in in his heart, he doesn't really know if he can do it or not. And then he did it, so now he's got that, and that's what Jermaine Samuels has done. He did it in the Big East tournament, and now he's taken it to another level. In this, he was the MVP of the South Regional. So I'm not. I don't have to tell that kid that you're really good in his heart. He knows like, I did this. I'm not the MVP of the South regional. I, I got this. That's where confidence comes from. You have an experienced team. You got kids who understand what it means to go there and win. The final four is so big. People don't understand how big it is. Uh, it is as big a sporting event as there is in the world. Uh, the Saturday is one of the great, sporting events everyone should go there once and see one to just see how special it is about a half hour before the first game on saturday it's such a special event you understand how to get through that weekend now you've done it twice you've gone there and you've won twice a lot of guys never figure it out uh does that help you a lot or is it not as big an advantage as you would think? It's the same question people always ask about a team that hadn't been to the Super Bowl. Do you think you need to go once? Do you think you gain experience by going? Does it help you in your mind 
that you've been through it, that your kids, a couple have been through it. Does that help you or is it not that big a factor? Well, you, you can win it having not been there before. If you just have, if you just have great players, I mean, you, you can do it. And it always, it comes down to the players, but then what are the little ancillary factors that can make a difference if it, if it's close and it's, it definitely makes the difference. It, it is, there are so many, I, I just think about our first time we went in 09 and what my mindset was and things that we did. And then the next time we went in 16, I just felt like as a staff, we put our guys in, now we were probably a better team too, but we put ourselves, our players in such a better position dealing with the logistics. As you said, no one could imagine how big of an event that is until you get there. Because if you're a basketball fan, you go, even if you go to a game at the Wells Fargo center in Philly or Madison square garden, um, you have no idea. It's not, it's a different world. It's a different world. There's 60,000 people in the building. Yeah. And there's, and there's, you know, if there's 60, 70,000 in the building, there's 150,000 around it. You know, don't don't even have tickets. Like, you know, it's not the Super Bowl, but it's probably the next. No, it's ve- it's, it's, it's 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 almost as big. It really is. The Saturday Monday night. I've always said this: Saturday's an event. Monday's a game. Monday's a basketball game. Saturday's an event. Right, yeah. And 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 and, and Saturday you got to live through, and and you do. And then being able to, after you win Saturday, get your kids down from the euphoria and get them enough rest is a critical thing. And you have a very limited lineup here, but you've been through it. You've done it. It's going to give you an advantage. The one thing I would wonder now is, do you think, I'm sure you've discussed this with your coaches, and we're talking with Jay Wright, and he has to run, but we've got a minute or two left with him. But, Jay, do you have to do anything with even this team that has won so much that they lose an intricate part of this wheel that you have? Because it's a wheel. It's six guys. It's a wheel. Uh, Moore did everything. We know that. He took the best defender. We talked about all the things he did. Do your kids in some way feel, oh, my God, how are we going to do this without him? Or uh, can you – do you have to work on that, or it's not an issue? You know what? Because of their older guys, because they're older guys, and we have been through this. Uh, we, we had He got hurt this year. We played some games without him. Colin got hurt this year. And they're older. They have been through it. And last year we went through it. We lost Colin Gillespie, and these guys had to play through it, in, in you know, and – I think I, I don't think it's that big of an issue to us because they've been around and they've been through this so many times, unfortunately. I mean, think about last year we, we were in the Sweet 16 against Baylor and we, we had a shot. We were up seven. You played Baylor better Baylor. than anybody in the country last year. Not even No one else was even competitive with them. You played great against Baylor. Yeah, we had a shot and we didn't have Colin Gillespie. So they've lived it. You know, I really don't think it's funny. Jermaine Samuels coming out of the locker room after the game said to me, I got Archie and Brian. I got them. They'll be ready. Like his mind was already <laughs> thinking like, this is what we got to do, which is, you know, usually the coach has got to explain that to them. Like he's already thinking that way. That's, that's the beauty of having veteran players. Kansas, Carolina, Duke. I mean, we're talking now Villanova, we're talking basketball royalty here. This is a who's who of a Final Four. Kansas, you know you've seen them. You played, 
as probably as good a game as uh, as you probably ever played. It, 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 your team probably never operated better than you did against Kansas. I mean, you played brilliantly against Kansas. Yeah, you're you right. play you you're beat right. Carolina, a, a great game for a championship. So you've seen these teams in the Final Four. Everyone knows Duke. I'm sure you've thought in the back of your mind about what would be like to go up against Coach K in his last game. That's something that's down the road from Monday night, but. How about the you know blue bloods all showing up in New Orleans? It's it's um, it's an honor for us to be a part of that. It really is. I, I I would be lying to you if I didn't say when you see those four names put up there and 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 people calling it blue bloods that you, you are you, you belong. Hey, wow. listen, you're, you're the best the team program. in you're the number one team in the country for the last eight years. I mean, so you you have two championships. Nobody else does. The only one that other does in the last decade is Connecticut other than you. You are now basketball royalty. I mean you guys are the bluest of the blue bloods now. It, it is it is cool to be thought of that way. And 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 you gotta and then you gotta you gotta represent that. You gotta earn it. So it it is really, you know, I'm t- get to talk to you about it. I, I'd be lying to you. If, like you said, in the back of your mind, sometimes you don't look and be like Villanova, Carolina, Duke, Kansas. Yeah, this is cool. And then you got to just stop and say, all right, how are we, how are we going to play without Justin Moore? <laughs> then you go back to that. So you got to fight. That's part of this process. Like, we, you know, we got to do our jobs. And if not for you guys doing such a great job promoting this, this isn't all we don't get to enjoy everything we do. So you got to do that. But then everything you got to get away from that and you got to get focused on this is basketball. This is us getting better every day, concentrating on our details. How do we compartmentalize that and, and be the best we can be on Saturday, Saturday night. The best way I explained it to my kids on Saturday was when I was watching the game with you guys, I said, you guys never let go of the rope against Houston. Not once. You can't let yeah. go of the rope against Kansas. Uh, I'm not knocking no. Laranega, but I thought it was crazy to try and run with them. You can't run with them. No, uh, Running with them is, uh, is you're going home if you run with them. I mean, that's all there is to it. You're not going to run with them. You're going to control the pace, and you got, your guys will never let go of the rope. You never let go of the rope the whole game against Houston. They never got that run they probably were looking for the whole night. Yeah, yeah you, you're right. And as you play better and better teams, um, that's what they do. You know, they, they get to a point where, and, and that's what happened in that Miami game. They get to a point where they're going to force you to let go of the rope. They get you to that point. And that's the battle of wills. And and that's what we, we got to fight because if, if you can hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. And, and then in the end, you got a chance to grind it out, that's that's what it's got to be. And and that's a battle of wills, and that's what this game's going to be. I don't like to rank teams, and, and you know, teams are all different. But uh, does this team have all the qualities that your other two championship teams had? You know what? With Justin, we did. We, we did. Um, we we got to figure this out, Mike. Um, we're, we're, un, we're unproven. You know, with without him, we're unproven. So, but we we got a lot of great qualities. We really do, and we've got guys that can take their games to another level. The way we look at it, is, you know, you got a guy like Justin. There, there, there's a lot of opportunities that he takes up because he's so good that other people have to relinquish because of him. Well, now those other people 
get to take on those opportunities, and we got to see what they do with it. You know, I'm always surprised how much, whether it's baseball or football uh, or even other walks of life, how much people are emotional when they get in the Hall of Fame. In your sport, it's a little different. You get in the Hall of Fame while you're still at the top of your sport. I mean, uh, it, that, that's a little different. You're still operating. You're still working. You don't sit yeah. back and come off the golf course to get your plaque. Does yeah. that make it less something less uh, meaningful, or is it as meaningful? It's a, it, you know what? That's a great point, Mike. It, it's weird. It's it's a little weird. You, you, I don't, you almost don't feel worthy because you, you know, you're with all these legends that, um, you know, their, their legend is bigger really than who they are because they've stopped playing, but you're still coaching. So you, you, you know, you can go in, you can go into the game, you can go into a hall of fame and then you can get blown out by Baylor on the road two months later and you feel like the worst coach in the country, <laughs> but, you know? Whereas, like, you go into the Hall of Fame, once you go in, usually you're retired. You're you don't yeah. lose again yeah. after that. Yeah. So it's it's kind of weird that way. But it's still, I'm sure, it, it, it still had to mean a lot. You know, anytime oh. you get there, I mean, there's no higher honor. So oh, uh, yeah. to get there and you've earned every step of it, every win of it, uh, it's still got to be something that uh, really hit home when it happened. Oh, Mike, I mean, you're up there, you know, they do an autograph session. Just sitting with, you're sitting with Tony Kukoc. It's you and Tony signing autographs, and you're sitting with in a room with just Bill Russell and Chris Weber and Kevin Kevin Garnett, and just no, no one else in the room. Just talking ball, waiting, you know, for the next event. And uh, it, it's it's surreal. It is. We all grow up. Look, we all grow up as fans before we get to be in it and coach it. And you're sitting around with those guys that you idolize. It's surreal. It is, and it's thrilling. And it, you're like a fan, you know. You're just having come. We had a bus that went from, um, from the the casino to Springfield. And you're on the back of a bus with, with um, Calvin Murphy and and uh, Vladi Divac and Gary Payton and and you know it's just it's How unbelievable. How great is that? It's, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's incredible. And they're telling stories like we're just. One of the guys, like we're sitting around having a beer. You are one of the guys. Yeah, you deserve it. You've (laughs) earned it. It, Listen, uh, congratulations. I I really have to tell you, in my heart of hearts, I thought you were going to win it uh, before this started. Uh, I don't know if you can now without him. I don't know. You know, you're going to have to pull a little bit of a rabbit out of your hat because you don't go very deep, but it's going to be fascinating to watch. And I know your guys will... uh, will do a great job covering up for him. I, I feel bad for the kid. You know, I really, I, I do, because he's, he's so, he played so hard all the time. I, I really yeah. feel bad for him. I don't know him, but I feel bad for him. I'm sure you, uh, you all do. It looked, the way you guys flocked to him was very uh, meaningful on TV uh, and how, you know, cognizant of where he was. You guys all were and everything after the game. But uh, I'm sure that's a tough hit for a coach to take and for the team to take right now. But uh, good luck overcoming it. You've earned the right there, and uh, it should be a heck of a weekend. Thanks, buddy. Good to be with you again, My man. pleasure. And, uh, and congratulations. You to, the podcast. Thank you, and congratulations on the Hall of Fame. Thanks, buddy. Take Good care. You, Jay Wright, the head coach at Villanova, who has done, hey, an incredible job. And, and like I said, last 10 years, eight years for sure, we can argue 10, 
eight years for sure, there's no question, the best team in the country has been Villanova. They've been to the Final Four three times in the last six years. They've won 30 games. At, I can do five times off the top of my head. Okay, they've won two national championships. They're looking for a third national championship, and I really thought they could win it this year. The way they played, the way they matched up, the unit, I thought now you're asking them to do it where you're asking someone who really has gotten no minutes has got to get some minutes because now that they moved Daniels in the lineup, they have to get some minutes from somebody. God forbid they get somebody in foul trouble. They get a big in foul trouble. You know, they get, you know, uh, one of the key guys in foul trouble. They get Gillespie in foul trouble. They're going to have to play him. I mean, Samuel, same thing. But, I mean, any of them. I mean, they have five guys now. They have five guys. They played six guys against Houston. That was it. Archie played about a minute and a half. That was it. The game before that, they played just five guys, just six guys. That was it the whole game. So they are a very limited team, but they are a terrific team. And it'll be fascinating in a different, you know, talk about styles make fights. Kansas wants to run, run, run. I thought Miami, even when they had success in the first half, was crazy to run with them because you can't run with Kansas for 40 minutes. They're going to wear you out, and they wore them out in the second half. They just blistered them. It'll be a team that plays as slow as any team in the country, probably plays slower than any team in the country, doesn't turn the ball over, makes threes most nights. They didn't against Houston, and they still won because Houston's an incredible defensive team. They never missed their free throw. They're 53 or 59 in the NCAA tournament against the 90% on the foul line in the NCAA tournament. 15 or 15 in the last game. Number one foul shooting team of all time, historically. They will break the record this year. And making free throws is an enormous factor. Kansas missed a ton of free throws yesterday. That can come home to roost in these games. It usually does. So very nice of having Jay to, with his busy schedule. Uh, kept him longer than he probably wanted to stay, but you know what? Always good to talk to him. Uh, and he has done an incredible job. And they are every bit as a, much a blue blood as Kansas, as Carolina, and as Duke. And yes, I know, Duke and Carolina. And if you're a basketball fan, you know what it means doesn't matter if Roy Williams isn't there. doesn't matter that Yuba Davis is a first-year coach. Carolina and Duke playing with one going to the championship and having a week to prepare is basically as crazy as it can possibly get. I understand the world wanted St. Peter's. And St. Peter's ran into a bunch of guys who were playing well and had too much size and too much talent. It finally struck 12. They had an incredible tournament, though. All right, the final four odds, and you can uh, find these, obviously, at Bet Rivers in New York. And if you're wagering in New Jersey or Connecticut, remember, it is Play Sugar House. In New York, it is Bet Rivers. Duke is the favorite at plus 135, so that's 135 versus 100. Kansas is two to one. Nova is five to one. Carolina is five and a half to one. That's to win it now. If you go back to the start of the tournament, Kansas was eleven to one. Duke was twelve to one, and I thought they probably would be more. Um, so many people 
were down on him then, but that's what they were. Nova was 25 to 1 and a very good, I thought a very generous price at that. And I think Carolina was 100 to 1 because they were uh, an eight seed and obviously got hot, were able to, you know, upset Baylor and get on their way uh, as they have done now. So uh, that's for the Final Four. And both games right now are fours, four and a half, as a matter of fact. Duke is a four and a half point favorite. On Carolina, that's game two. Of course, the Krzyzewski game will be second. The drama, Duke would be second anyway, but the drama with Krzyzewski. And then having Carolina, I mean, Carolina and Duke in a final four game, almost, you know, the only other thing that you could think of that would have in its heyday been anywhere like that would have been Louisville, Kentucky. But Carolina, Duke in a, a final four game. And then, of course, the first game, Villanova, which has to, make up for one of its star players in Moore, who had the Achilles injury, uh, will go up against a Kansas team, which is the only number one seed that uh, made it to the Final Four. Most years, two make it. Two number ones make it. Some years, three do. Most years, it's two number ones. Rarely is it one. And uh, this year, you have one in Kansas, which uh, was impressive, especially in that second half yesterday uh, against Miami. Really a a very impressive performance by them. Uh, You couldn't play. You couldn't play any better than they played uh, in that uh, final four, uh, in that uh, regional final in the second half. They They did not play well in the first half, but in the second half, they were just terrific. Now, remember, the Mike Francesa podcast is available wherever you get podcasts, but you can also get it exclusively on the Bet Rivers Network. And remember, Bet Rivers, for all your wagering needs in New York, and if you're listening in New Jersey or Connecticut, you can make your wages at Play Sugar House, okay? Um, later in the week, we will uh, drop a podcast on baseball with. Bobby Valentine, who will join me each and every week as he is a uh, member of the Bet Rivers family. So he will join me each and every week during the baseball season. We'll produce a podcast uh, that should be uh, highly informative and entertaining. We'll look forward to that. And we'll see you down the road, folks. Good to be back, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.